Hi, time. I'm crime. No, no I'm time. <laughs> You're crime. Today, we're doing the old switcheroo. We are doing Literally. the old switcheroo. Yeah. So we have a cocktail that was suggested to us by Jeff C. Jeff C. This have, is super fun, Jeff C. We have I'm a lot excited. of male listeners. So. We have a lot of male listeners. Which is cool. I, yeah, I, I think it's very, very cool. I think it's funny, though, that husband insists that no one's going to listen to us because of my voice. But apparently, men do listen to us because Jeff C. suggested the old switcheroo. So we did the full switcheroo. We so did the full switcheroo. I'm doing the history story. You're doing the crime story. I'm excited. It was so fun to find a crime story. Okay. Me too. But let's talk about the cocktail okay. first. What's in the cocktail? So this is one ounce of bullet bourbon. Okay. One ounce. Did it specifically call for that it bourbon? It did, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I I complied this time. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> one ounce of Calvados, which is an apple, um, like, brandy. But we okay. went with apple bourbon. <laughs> So it's bourbon on bourbon. Yeah. So we're drinking bourbon. And, well, a half ounce of maraschino. Liqueur. Oh, there's a little bit of juice. And then... In with our no, bourbon. maraschino liqueur. Oh, so there's there's bourbon and then bourbon and then some liqueur. Yes, and then several dashes of extinct chemical company acid phosphate. I'm super excited about that. Me too. I don't know what it is. The bottle was gorgeous. So look for it in the Facebook picture. Yeah, it is um, like basically it was used in old soda fountain recipes. Ooh. And so you can still get it, but it's very limited. It's not like you can just go get it at like your liquor store. So you had to order it. Had to order it. And it's kind of like the acid that you would replace nowadays with like your citrus. Okay. So I'm kind of excited to try it because I haven't tried it yet. And then, so that's all, like, I, I put that all in the shaker, sh- uh-huh. like, shook it up, poured it over ice in these, like, beautiful glasses. Yes. This glass is gorgeous. I literally have no idea where this glass came from. And then... It appeared in my crystal. <laughs> it's a crystal glass. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then I topped it with switchel, which is water, apple cider, cider vinegar, sugar, molasses, and ginger. Okay. It's, there's just a little bit of that, but I, I'm worried. You think it's going to be too sweet? No, I think it's going to be vinegary. I like vinegar. Okay, well, let's try it because okay. I'm worried. I'm excited. It smells appley. Like smells appley. Oh, I taste the acid phosphate, though. Mm. Oh, it's bourbon. I don't hate it, actually. It's This it's, is a bourbon cocktail. It's got a lot to it, actually. I like me some bourbon. So... You smell the apple right away. I can taste the acid phosphate. And then there's almost like this vanilla flavor that comes through. See, I just taste bourbon. I taste apple bourbon. I like it. I like it. It's, oh, I, caramel. It's caramel apple. It is, is it not car- caramel apple? It it's might caramel be caramel apple. apple. It's caramel apple. How many times can we say caramel apple in one sentence? <laughs> <laughs> I think the maraschino like adds that uh-huh. extra. It's a caramel apple. It's hmm. caramel apple on ice. That's I wonder get how this would be hot. Ugh. Okay, never mind. It'd be too sweet, I think. To me, hot drinks are sweeter. Interesting. It's very interesting. I like it. It's bourbony. I do like the bourbon. It's just, I get this like extra vanilla flavor to it. I can't describe it. Okay, you know what this tastes like to me? Halloween. Yes. Yes. Almost like candy corn. Uh-huh. It tastes like Halloween and harvest and fall. It's delicious. 
It's really, I like it. I'm happy. Yeah. Still going to drink my beer, but I'm also going to drink this cocktail. But I, yeah. Okay. Well, Yay! I like it. So switching it up. Switching it up. You're telling me history and I'm telling you crime. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going first? You go first. Okay. Crime and then time. Crime and then time. All right. I'm super nervous though. This story is crazy. I searched and searched and searched. So identical twins are twins that come from one egg. They share DNA. The egg is fertilized and then it splits into two people. Okay. So they share their DNA. They do not share fingerprints. Yes, they share DNA. Right. Husband's boss is a mirror image twin, which means one of them is right-handed, one of them is left-handed. One of them has a mole on one side of his face, the other has a mole on the other side of the I face. I had no idea he was a twin. What if I saw his twin and I was just like, hey, boss. Except the twin has a tad bit more meat on his bones oh, okay. than boss, so they don't look identical anymore. <laughs> Like, I could have just, like, walked up and goosed him or something like that. No, you're not going to mistake him for boss. Bosses, yeah. Um, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, but so they're mere image twins, which I had never heard of. And apparently, they were, like, not given a very good prognosis. They were born super early. They were both really tiny. They kind of put them in shoeboxes and put them on a shelf and said, Go home, see what you can do. See what you can do with them. And oh they my both god! Lived. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. Anyway. One of them's very robust. <laughs> One of them is very robust. <laughs> okay, that's terrible. And from his lifestyle, um, it's amazing that he is because he doesn't exactly have a home, and he likes it that way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. He's a knight of the open road. He's a knight of the open road. <laughs> that is such a good way to describe it. Um, but Boss is amazing, and we love him and his wife and all of their kids. Um, so anyway, according to the director of the California Twins Registry at UC Davis, Niles Weller, twins have one of the closest bonds that any humans can have. He says that the grief that one twin experiences when their other twin dies can sometimes be similar or even stronger to that of losing a spouse or a child. I believe it. That they're just, they're just bonded. Yeah, just for sure. Thing. So Ronald and Donald Anderson had that relationship have that relationship i'm trying to think I don't if think i they're dead yeah i'm like i'm trying to think if i've heard the name before um they were born they're super close they were born to um william and mary anderson who worked very hard to make a very nice home for their 11 children oh goodness in inner city philadelphia um william worked as a self-employed mover and hauler and mary stayed home and cared for the children. Um, in 1951, Mary gave birth to the identical twin boys, Ronald and Donald. All of the children were close, but Ronald and Donald were especially close. Um, Donald always seemed to look out for his brother, Ronald. I do not know which one was older, but just for simplicity's sake, I'm gonna assume Donald was, because he's the one looking out for Ronald. Yes. Anyway, so the twins, started playing switching tricks as early as grade school. They thought it was super fun to change classes, to hang out with each other's friends, and the vast majority of the time, they got away with it. They never did. So they pulled the old switcheroo? They pulled the old switcheroo, but they just played pranks. They weren't being malicious or mean. They were just, hey, let's see if we can fool our teacher. Yeah, which if you ever were in, I wasn't a twin, and probably most of us weren't. 
But if I you, totally do. Wait. If you were in, ever in grade school with twins, which I had a couple sets of twins in my grade school, we were always like, hey, pretend to be each other when the sub comes. You know, like yeah. we, we encouraged it. Yeah. Oh, I can totally imagine. Um, I think it would be super fun. So, um, sadly, Mary passed away in, I think it's funny that they're William and Mary. I know. I was thinking that too. <laughs> Mary passed away in the mid-60s, and that is when the boys' behavior took a turn for the worse. They started getting in trouble at school. They even started getting in trouble with po- the police. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, but they totally have each other's backs. Donald, at one point, was sent to a reformatory school for several months because he hit a boy in the head with a beer bottle because the boy had threatened to beat up Ronald. So, he's there for his twin. He's going to take care of him. I mean, that maybe is a little over-exaggeration, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, Donald self-described himself as the evil twin. Um, He said that his friends called them the evil twin and Ronald the good one. He said that he always had a temper. He said, if you ran into him, meaning Ronald, he would say, excuse me, if you ran into me, you'd have trouble. Oh. According to Donald. So, the boys left home in the 10th grade. They rented a small room together. They started earning money by shining shoes and delivering groceries, but always together. Everything together. Everything together. So after they finished high school, they'd gotten in a lot of trouble and Ronald just wasn't sure. He's like, we're just hanging out in the streets of Philadelphia. Nothing much is happening. So he decided, I'm going to join the army. So in 1970, he decided to join the army. Um, He went away. Donald said, yeah, army's not for me. I don't think that I can take orders from people. I'm Mm. just going to stay here. He definitely can't. No. So Ronald goes off to basic training. And he's gone for a period of time, and Donald's still at home in Philly, you know, hanging out on the street corner and whatnot. Then Ronald comes home for 30 days. The boys spend all of that 30 days together, hanging out with their friends, just being part of the neighborhood. It's Philly in 1970. Mm -hmm. Um, The night before they're supposed to go, Ronald says, I think I'd rather stay home and hang out with you. I don't think I want to go. I think I want to stay here and hang out with my friends and just be. I changed my mind. I don't want to go in the army. Interestingly enough, my original story for um, Modern Love Uh was in the 70s in Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, Ronald just mentions this, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, Dawn says, I'll go. What? Oh my gosh. So Ron thinks he's kidding. He's like, yeah, right, whatever. And Don's like, no, I'll go. So the boys stay up all night long. Donald saw it as his chance to get out of the ghetto. He's like, yeah, what the heck? So the boys spend all that night Ronald teaching Donald how to be a soldier. Like the parent trap. Kinda. They took an old um, broomstick and Ronald taught Donald all of the rifle drills. He drew pictures to tell him how to tell the different officers apart, like the lieutenant, the mm-hmm. colonel, and blah, blah, blah. And he teaches them how to salute. And then the next morning, so they stayed up all night doing this. The next morning, Donald gets up. He takes a shower, shaves his head, cuts his hair, shaves his face, cuts his hair, puts on Ronald's uniform, and walks out the door. I'm full <laughs> on seeing, like, the montage, like, <laughs> film, like, right? sequence right now. Like... Where, you know, it's like time passes and they're getting tired, but then, no, you have to try to, like, do this rifle maneuver over. But I don't know that Ronald really thought he would do it. 
I think he was just kind of, yeah, whatever. Like humoring him? Yeah. So then, so as Donald's walking out the door, dad is literally sitting at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee and he yells out, don't get caught. (laughs) (laughs) Dad has 11 children. So he's like, whatever. Yeah. He really is kind of over at this point. He's like, I'm a single father. Just don't get caught. (laughs) (laughs) Got more stuff to worry about. So off he goes. Ronald was supposed to be a helicopter pilot, and Donald considered himself a backyard mechanic. So he thought, I can do that. I'll be okay. (laughs) This is hilarious. (laughs) So he spends two weeks in Seattle, Washington for orientation, and then he has a short stop in Japan before he's sent over to Seoul, Korea. Once he is in Seoul, Korea, he exchanges his money and gets his shots and starts to work. Um, He is sent to be part of the Army's 55th Aviation Missile Missile Command. He did very well. Um, Later in an interview about his military time, he said, When I got there, I was on the helicopter crew. When the guy who showed me what to do left, I was in charge. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So people like him. The officers thought he was awesome. It's probably like that case where he has like that charisma, you know? Yeah. Like, he's kind of a guy. Yeah. He's a dude. So the officers really liked him. They would take him into the clubs for the non-commissioned officers. They would, like, sneak him in. Ooh, wow. Yeah, he That's was a big. thing. He was part of the baseball team. He said the only time that he ever had trouble was when he would run into someone that Ronald had gone to basic training with. But he said, I was able just to, to fake my way around that. I never got caught. Nobody ever suspected a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um... Obviously, this is a crime. Yes. (laughs) Article 83 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice prohibits um, impersonation in the military. If you are caught, you are subject to a dishonorable discharge, forfeiture of all of your pay, and five years confinement. But that's only if you get caught. And Ronald and Donald didn't get caught. And the statute of limitations ran out a long time ago. So Don's just like... Cool. This is what I did. Got away with it. Um, it was confirmed that, yes, Donald, there was a Ronald Anderson in the military at this time, but there's no, they have no way of knowing whether or not it was Donald or Ronald. Well, yeah, because they did the switcheroo. Right. Totally. So Donald comes home out of the service. They go home to Philadelphia. When he gets home from Philadelphia, he is immediately arrested for unpaid parking tickets and traffic tickets that Donald Anderson has accrued. Oh my god. Over the past year. So Ronald did it and so wait, Donald, which was the bad one, went to the, the military. Went to the military, did a great job. Yep. While Ronald, who was the, the good, good one, one, got parking tickets, which isn't like a super and bad traffic job. tickets. Yeah. And then Donald, told everybody that he's Donald. Yeah, and then Donald comes home to find out that he's being arrested for all these unpaid tickets. Correct. Oh my god. And he served two months in jail. Two months for that? For for parking and traffic tickets that his brother did and blamed on him and he, while he was serving his brother's time in the army. And he didn't kick Ronald in the face. Not at all. Not at all. Oh my gosh. At some point... <laughs> <laughs> Donald 
and uh, Donald has a life of in and out of jail. He's, I mean, he yes, he did his time in the military, and it was probably really good for him. But he does petty theft, and he does stupid. But if it shit. wasn't for Ronald's unpaid tar- parking tickets, he probably never would have ended up in jail. Very that that could be very very true. Yes, and jail may have changed him into the hardened criminal. going the, this the hardened minor criminal. The hardened minor criminal. Yeah. So petty crime. He never did anything horrible. Um, at some point, the boys moved to Ventura County, California. Oh, lovely. So we're, we left Philly. We're now in Ventura County. Love Ventura County. Yes. Um, they're in their 40s. They settle down. Um, Ronald gets married. He marries, um, what is her name? Brenda. And they've been married for a period of eight years. He starts to have a little bit of trouble with drugs and alcohol. This is the good twin. Yes, Ronald. Ronald, having trouble with drugs and alcohol. Ronald Wright. Donald, Donald of course. Donald <laughs> Donald, of course, says, my brother never would have had trouble with drugs and alcohol if it wasn't for his bad marriage. His bad marriage made him have this Brenda. Trouble. Brenda, right? So, he's getting in a little trouble. February of 1993, Brenda tells her husband, Ronald, you need to move out, and I want a divorce. This is... We've been married for eight years. This isn't working. Go away. Was there a switcheroo we don't know about? No. I don't know. Okay, tell me the story. Okay. So he moves out, but he starts harassing her. He, this is the good twin. He starts calling her at all hours, threatening to kill her. Um, you know, all the normal stuff you do when you're trying to win somebody back. Yeah, all, like, the, all the good stuff that's totally going to work. Let me convince you that I'm a good person by threatening to kill you. <laughs> Because, you know, (laughs) that'll work. That'll totally work. (laughs) So one day in April, um, Brenda decides, I'm going to go, because this is also super smart. I'm going to go to Ronald's apartment, and I'm going to see if we can talk this out. Poor Brenda. (laughs) So Brenda shows up, knocks on the door. Ronald opens the door. He grabs her. He pulls her inside, and he pulls out a knife, and he says, if I can't have you, nobody Nobody can. can. That's a thing totally a thing my grandmother was in an auto accident because of that she had told this boy she wouldn't marry him and i may have told this story in the podcast before i don't know but she told this boy that she wouldn't marry him and he had just gotten a new car so he showed up and said hey let's go for a ride and they she was about to take herself and my mother who was three or four at the time with him on a ride and she had just had surgery for something she was always having surgery she had real bad health problems but so my mother had an accident right before they left the house so my great-grandmother decided to keep her home and change her pants because she just wet all of herself have to yeah so my grandma gets in the car with this guy and he does the whole if i can't have you no one can and they're riding along and she didn't feel well, so she laid down in the back seat. Well, right after she laid down in the back seat, he drove the car underneath a semi-trailer. Ooh. Yeah. So she was laying down. The only reason she was alive. Yeah. I guess she reached over the seat and grabbed a leg that was no longer attached <gasps> to a body. Oh, gruesome. Yeah. She had a life. She had a life. Anyway, so Ronald, if I can't have you, no one can. Um, Somehow, Brenda manages to get away. Um, She calls the police and reports the incident. The police said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do what we call a cool call. Mm. And you are going to call up Ronald, and you are going to get him to threaten you on the phone so that we can hear. 
So Ronald being the like super smart guy that he is, does it. She calls him, they're talking, and he threatens to kill her again <laughs> on the phone with the police listening. Now, to his defense, I don't know that he knows the police are listening, but you would still think maybe the phone is not the best place to threaten someone's life. So we call those pretext phone calls. <laughs> that's that's the technical term used today, hmm. and it's very common. So no longer called a cool call? It's not a cool call. Because <laughs> okay. I'm like trying to think, I'm like, that's not what it's called. It's something else. Well, it's called stupid people is what it's, it's called. called. Yeah. I love like I love the occasions when we've had the opportunity to do them because they're always Do they always fall for it? Are they always that stupid? Almost always, yeah. Oh my god. Seriously. Yeah. So um because I literally wrote in my notes, bless his heart, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so they come out and they arrest Ronald on and they charge him with spousal battery. And in May, on May 25th, he pleads guilty. He's sentenced to 180 days in jail um, in order to report to the jail on June 14th, 1993. Okay. So, June 14th, 1993 rolls around. And I had just no... graduated from high school, by the way. Oh, I'd been out of high school. I was rejoining my, um, my summer <gasps> vacation. I was five days away from my first wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Monumental literally, for both of us. Literally five days away from my... Oh. And so, I was like five days away the other way from graduating high school. Okay. There's something that happens on my actual wedding day. So while I am getting married, something else happens. I'll tell you about in a little bit. Tell in another me, page. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> um, child number two wants to change her gymnastics routine to Grease Lightning. But we just paid $300 for choreography to The Jungle Book. And now she wants to pay another $300 for choreography to Grease Lightning. She better start earning some money. She keeps telling me, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Like, I'm hoping they'll maybe let me help. Anyway, so June 14th, 1993. Comes and goes. Ronald doesn't show up. Okay. Oh, it's not on my wedding. It's a month after my wedding. It's my one month anniversary. Oh, well, that's monumental yes, still. Yes, yes. Anyway. Um, so July 14th, one month July after 14th, he is supposed to report, yes. Mr. Anderson walks into the port, porch, Hurney, H-U-E-N-E-M-E, Police Department in Ventura County. Port Wanemi. It's like Wanemi or something. Is that what it is? Yeah, because I knew someone from there. Oh, Port okay. Wanemi. But it's spelled with an H. Yeah, Hawanemi. Hawanemi. So I'm probably it should be in Hawaii. But it's not. It's in California. I'm saying it wrong, I'm sure. Somebody correct us. Send us a voice memo or something. But it's closer than what you said. Mm. For sure. Because <laughs> I am the worst at pronunciation. The have you, worst. Have you ever listened to our podcast? I always pick like these other language stories like French or German or whatever. And I suck at the pronunciation. And I'm like, I'll stick to Humboldt County. <laughs> Okay, so Mr. Anderson walks in. Hey, I'm here to surrender myself. He's ready to serve his 180-day sentence. They book him. They take his fingerprints. They put him in his cell. It's Donald. It's done. It's Donald. I don't know, but it's done. Because he's already spent time in jail, so he's like, whatever. So, July 19th, five days later, after Mr. Anderson reports to jail, 30 days after my first wedding... (laughs) Your practice wedding. My practice wedding. Um, 
Brenda Anderson is just walking home from work and she gets attacked. Somebody is hiding behind a gate and jumps out at her. Yeah, because Ronald's still out there. <laughs> okay, you're jumping ahead! This is such a dollop story. <laughs> okay, I'll take that as a compliment because I think he's a good writer. And a good he's a good writer and good storyteller. Anyway, um, so jumps out, attacks her, grabs her, literally tries to choke her in the middle of the street. 5.30 in the evening on July 19th, choking a lady out on the street corner. And? The neighbor called the cops. Good. Um, so he realizes that the cops are coming, so he grabs her purse and he runs off. What? He's a purse snatcher and a, like, that's, no, that's, that's the worst out of all of it. Why did he even have to do that? He's a brainiac, let me tell you. Cops show up, they start searching the surrounding area, Less than a half an hour later, they find her attacker hiding in a field with her purse in a, within a half an hour. Like, they just find him. He's just hunkered down in a field with her purse. Dumb, dumb. Dumb, dumb. They, they bring him over. Is this the guy that attacked you? Yes, that's the guy that attacked you. Sir, what's your name? Blah, blah. My name's Donald Anderson. No. So, meanwhile, Brenda had called her friend. And her friend had come over, and the friend is standing there comforting Brenda, and he sees, or they, because it doesn't say male or female, they see Donald being put in handcuffs and tell the police officer that his name is Donald. And the family friend says, um, I'm sorry, officer, that's Ronald. <gasps> so the family friend knew them enough to know, but to how, know did, the how did Brenda not know? Right? Was it just too much trauma? Probably. She was probably freaked out because oh. she literally was choked in I, the middle of the street. I've known a number of twins. Like, and I've worked. I have a hard time telling twins I've, apart. See, I don't because I work closely with like a number of them. And one of the, like, at my previous employment, mm -hmm. we had twins that were police officers. And, and they worked in the same department? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. And I could tell them apart, even though they wore the same outfit, you know, and it was like they had the uniform? same. Uniform? Yes. Uniform. <laughs> and they had, yes, their, <laughs> their outfit. They had the same first initial. Seriously? Yes. And so people would come I in. I guess I did that. People would come in and they'd be like. Um, I need to talk to Officer So-and-So. I'm like, which one? So they were literally like both M. Smith. Yes. And they'd be like, I'm like, okay, do you know which one? And they're like, um... M. Smith! They're like, his name started with a M. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, they both do. And they're like, okay, well, he's like this tall and he looks he like this. blonde hair. And I'm like, okay, well, they're identical twins. So, like, was it this day or this day? Oh, my good Lord. Yeah, but... Okay, the funniest thing is... People should not do that to people. The it's funny, just cruel. I just realized from Facebook, I know this, uh -huh. today is their birthday. Happy birthday! Happy M birthday, Smith. twins! You were not really your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. But I've always been able to tell twins. Well, that's part. good. I have gone to school with many twins, and my children have many twins in their school. And literally, so two of the sets of twins that I went to school with. Well, obviously the A and A twins we can tell apart because they're fraternal. Yes, and not only are they fraternal, they're different sexes. They're boy and girl. <laughs> but but the two, two of the sets of twins that I went to school with in a tiny little school from grade kindergarten to... 12th grade were both fraternal twins 
but they were both the same sex and they looked close enough alike that I was never able to tell them apart. What Even about, though they were not identical. What about the two twins that are married to your two friends from high school? Are they are they identical? They're fraternal. Oh, no, they they're are? fraternal. Oh, they look alike. But they alike. look so much Okay. Yeah. That family has five boys in it. All five of them look alike. Okay. Like you could line all five of them up and the only difference is one has more wrinkles than the other. It's when they were kids, it was just stair steps. Dink 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 dink. They look a lot alike. Exactly alike. Yeah. The now my children um, have a set of twins in their grade. My oldest daughter, she has a set of twins in her grade, and they always tease one that he's going to marry daughter number two, my daughter number two. And um, I think I'd be all for that. Daughter number one can marry the one, and daughter number two can marry the <laughs> other. But they're identical, and big daughter can tell them apart. Little daughter can tell them apart. I can't. The only way I know is one always wears blue. It's the only way I can tell these kids apart. And if they're both wearing blue that day, you're screwed. But they never do because one always wears blue. Interesting. Uh-huh. Like he was not even a Chargers fan, but the Chargers are a football team that has a blue color. So he would often wear a Chargers t-shirt to school because it was a blue t-shirt. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's his thing. It's his thing. Anyway, so... <laughs> Friend, family friend, um, you got Ronald. And the officer was like, no, Ronald's in jail. Ronald's in jail. <laughs> and then family friend's like, I beg to differ. Yes. So Ronald had been serving a five-year sentence in the county jail. So Donald had obviously turned himself in for Ronald because he said, quote, my brother has never been to jail for a long time. I've been in jail. Mm-hmm. I could handle it. So exactly what you said. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I've been in jail. I can do that. He turned himself in in Ronald's place because he loved him and wanted him to work on his problems. And he did. He by did. By trying to kill Actually his wife. trying to kill his wife. Right. The county prosecutor thought that the twins had actually cooked up this scheme to give Ronald an alibi so he could murder Brenda. But Donald says, there was never any plot to kill her. I love my sister-in-law for one thing, and I would never hurt her. Um, The authorities, after they found no evidence of conspiracy, released Donald. They arrested Ronald and sentenced him to 14 years for attempted murder, spousal battery, and robbery for the July 19th attack. Um, Donald has moved into an apartment across the street from the prison where Ronald is being held. Oh my gosh. And he says that he would take his place even now, his brother's place. That might be even the saddest thing could. I've ever heard in my life. Right? But yeah, so they played the old switcheroo. And I did not tell my sources in the last episode that we recorded, so we're going to have to go back and fix that. But um, in this one, it's the LA Times. Um, I got two articles from the LA Times. Both were written by Dwayne Bray. I got one from tellwhat.com and community, Seattle Times, hughsource.com and swordandscale.com is where I got the information okay. for the old switcheroo. But they literally played the old switcheroo. So I also went <laughs> literal with the switcheroo. <laughs> But mine's not, like, as succinct of a nexus as yours is. Okay. So I went, like, switcheroo, switch, light switch, electricity. <gasps> so cool. So I, I'm i going to tell you about the War of the Currents, Tesla versus Edison. I'm in love. 
I so for I a, am in love. a long so let me just tell this stupid story. This tell is me how big of a nerd me. I am. Yes. Um, I taught a at a little tiny school where I taught fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, and I would always we had a specific English curriculum, and one of the units that I did for the fourth grade was on um, electricity. And on the little unit packet that I made for them at the beginning of the year, or at the beginning of the unit, I would always put pictures that had to do with whatever we were studying. Uh So I just thought I was super, super funny because I found this meme that said ACDC, and it had a picture of Edison and a picture of Tesla. Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) And it said ACDC, and they're like, why do you have a picture of these old guys on here? I'm like, show your parents, they'll think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah weirders and by the way that's another 80s reference so everybody drink yeah so anyway okay. i've love this story so excited to hear it Can't never wait. been that excited about edison like i realize he's, he's like kind of a jerk i realize he's a a huge thing like a huge thing but he's always been thing. really fascinated with tesla and I, like so my first thought is when we just when we decided to do the switcheroo and I was like gonna do history stuff. I can't believe you took it to current. That's so cool. Yeah. So originally I was like gonna go to my old default, which is like Mayan history, Aztec history, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, no, I wanna tie it more into the name of the cocktail. Yeah. And so I started thinking, I'm like, what do I really like? And then I'm like, Tesla, electricity, switcheroo, like light switch. That's so cool. And so I kind of started, I like, I started researching, like I reacquainted myself with Tesla because I, uh-huh. like I used to be super fascinated by him. I listened to a, it's from Parcast and I don't remember the name of the podcast, but it was like not Unsolved Mysteries, but like Lost Things or something like that on the Tesla Papers. Oh yeah. It's an interesting, interesting podcast about the Lost Tesla Papers. Yeah. There's anyway. so much mystique about him, and um, like it's almost gets into into like conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. So I didn't want to go like too deep into that because I'm not last podcast on the left, which I hope they do an episode about Tesla someday. That would be so interesting. I, I would totally listen to that one. But so what I focused on was like just Tesla versus Edison, like AC versus DC, right? And how that happened. So back in black. Back in black. Yeah. <laughs> We were, okay, so it's 1988, and our basketball team is literally warming up on the court, and they're playing that song, and our Mormon deacon principal walked across the court through the boys warming up, shut off the CD player, and walked back across the court, and the boys finished warming up in silence. (gasps) Oh, no. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Well, so, as I mentioned... Edison, everyone kind of knows a lot about him. Like, everyone says, like, okay, yeah, he invented the light bulb and that he's the greatest inventor ever in American history. Okay. But another inventor. There was another inventor. Yeah, there is one more inventor. (laughs) Just one more. In America. (laughs) Even though he's barely mentioned in grade school, his name is Nikola Tesla. And of course, we. We know the name Tesla now from the car company that ran by Elon Musk, especially if you live in California or, like, states where that's, like, a big thing. Yeah. But that, he just chose that as his name for his company. Yes. He's not, there's no relation. No relation. It's just, like, inspiration. Yeah, right. So, however, Tesla the man was 
a very brilliant man, and he actually is the one that made electricity a reality for the masses. Right. The electricity that we have in our homes was more, is more aligned with his invention than Edison's, correct? Yes, and I'll go into the reasons why for that pretty soon, if you don't know. But both Edison and Tesla were brilliant. They were both accomplished inventors, but they also had a pretty bitter rivalry. Yeah. Didn't Tesla work for Edison for a while? Yes. Yes. So I'm going to talk about each of them separately, and then I'll go back into the rivalry. And I'll shut up and listen. No, don't shut up. (laughs) But listen, don't shut up, though. (laughs) So Thomas Edison was born in 1847. He was the youngest of seven children. When he entered primary school, he only lasted 12 weeks because his teacher decided that he was too difficult. And his mother... primary school? Yes. Poor baby. He was that kid. And his mother ended up homeschooling him after that. Oh. He was the one that hid under the table, maybe. I think he was the one that, like, maybe kept asking questions. Oh, that would not have gone over well then. Yes. You're supposed to sit there and recite your alphabet. Yes. So by the age of 11, after being homeschooled, he started homeschooling himself. Of course he did, mm-hmm. because he's freaking brilliant. Yeah. By the age of 12, he began writing and selling his own newspapers and was selling them to train passengers. Oh my goodness. Like, how adorable is that? That's pretty darn cute. Like At 12, I think I was selling mud pies. That's like the age your children are, basically. You're like yeah. right in between them. I can see them selling stuff, but not a newspaper. They would not have the wherewithal to write and publish a newspaper yeah. and sell it to transients. So he started doing that, and then when he was old enough to work, he got his first job as a telegraph operator, which actually was really good for him because it gave him the means to start studying electrical science, which he was really right. in, like he was really like interested in. Well, the telegraph has always fascinated yes. me. Yes, because it's so early and it's so vast. Like, how did I? I still like. I'm like. How does that happen? Like yeah. it's wires and wires and wires and wires. But just keep going. Across. Yeah. So did it take ten minutes to get from one to the other? It just. It's very fascinating to me. I know. So then, stop. What? Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fascinated. Stop. stop. <laughs> I get it. Stop. Look up old telegraph messages if you don't understand that, because it was very, it was a really old joke. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a nerd. So when when Thomas Edison was 22, he sold the rights to his first invention, which was an improved stock ticker for $40,000. Wow. Which... At 22 years old. 22, which in today's world... I calculated it using the inflation calculator, yeah. which only went back to 1913. So in 1913, it was like over a million dollars. and this Easily. Was, yeah. And this was like 15 years before that. That's, that would, that's life changing money. Yeah. So then obviously Edison quit his job and right. he decided he was going to dedicate himself to his inventions. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a brain. I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a million dollars, basically. Mm-hmm. Beside inventing, he was also, like, such a good business person. Like, he had a mind for business. And so with the money that he earned, he started the Edison Illuminating Company, which became GE. 
general elect- electric. Wow. So he was already thinking about light and illumination? Yes. Yeah. Because his first invention is on information. Bait, stop, t- stop ticker, right? Yes. Yeah. But so contrary to pro- popular belief, he didn't invent the light bulb. There was already... He just perfected Yeah, it. there was light bulbs. He just improved it. So like this, this was like the forefront of the industry right now. So yeah. he's thinking about electricity this whole time. Wasn't the thing the filament and getting the filament to last long enough to... To, yeah, to be able to, to sustain right. the light. And not just burn up. So another interesting thing, and like I don't know if many of us think about this, especially in today's world, but he basically created the music and movie industries. Because oh, for sure. He invented the motion picture projector, mm-hmm. and he invented a new way of recording sound to phonographs. Okay, and now what year is this? Um, I don't have that. He was 22, and he's born in 47, so 69, 1869. Because I know... The 1870s. And I know from having taught the unit on it, the first motion pictures of war were taken at the Spanish-American War. So someone had a uh, motion picture camera... Mm -hmm. In Cuba at the time of the Spanish-American War. Yeah, so he... And it was it had to have been an Edison camera. Yes, because this is the 1870s. Yeah. So, as I just mentioned, contrary to popular belief, Edison didn't invent the light bulb. What he did is he bought the patent to the original light bulb, and he improved the design. Like, he ended up using, like, a carbon filament. Okay. Uh, or a carbon-coated filament to improve the design so that it could be mass-produced. I just can't even imagine being in that workshop and thinking, okay, let's try this. Okay, let's try mm-hmm. this. Just it would be so cool. Yeah. So, obviously, as we know, if you grew up anywhere before, like, mm, five years ago, the incandescent light bulb is prevalent everywhere. Yes. And it's pretty. It's nice. I mean, you I still have some. I, I, I enjoy them. Yeah. I like them. I think they give off a more attractive light, in my opinion. Yes. The problem was, back in the day, with Edison's invention of the incandescent light bulb, is that it was only going to be revolutionary if he could figure out how to bring electricity to the people. Well, yeah. If if you invent something that cre- that needs electricity to power it, but no one has electricity, nobody's going to buy you a yeah. thing. If, if, if you have a bulb, but nowhere to plug it in, it's no good. Right. But if you build it, they will come. (laughs) (laughs) So, meanwhile, Nikola Tesla was born in 1856 in what is now Croatia. And he was, like, considered... right. He was an immigrant. Yeah, he was considered Serbian at the time. But the area that he lived in was, like, actually part of the Austro-Hungary Empire. And it's, like, the part that he was born is now Croatia. Okay. But he's born what year? 18 what? 1856. So this is way um, pre-Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Yes. Okay. So the story goes that Tesla was born at the stroke of midnight on July 10th. And lightning struck at the time of his birth. Of course it did. Yes. You know that's all folklore. Folklore. I love it though. It's pretty awesome. And then the midnight. <laughs> the the midnight. The midnight. Midwife. I keep wanting to or say midnight. Midnight, but I mean midwife. <laughs> so the catcher. Yes. The midwife commented, "He'll be a child of the storm." Of course she did. And his mother replied, "No, of light." 
That's so made up. It's so fake. That's so made up. But I had to leave it. Okay, but there's so much in history that is, because it's all hindsight, and people attribute things to people after they know things. I know. It's kind of awesome. I still love it, though. It's it's brilliant. So whether or not he was... It's brilliant! (laughs) (laughs) We're really punny. We're punny. (laughs) So whether or not he was preordained to be, like... Of course he was. He's the Lord of the Lights. Yes. He inherited his love for electricity and inventing from his mother. She would make small household appliances and, ho- and like, appliances to help, like, work around the farm. I want to know what appliances can help in Croatia in the 1870s. Exactly, because I'm like... I want to know what they are. You don't plug them in. What, no, like, what do you, you cannot plug yeah. them in. So there's some sort of power source. Yeah. You know, it kind of... It, Makes me think of the Flintstones with the little... The dabba-dabba-do? The dabba Well, no, the, the dude under the... Oh, the yeah, little the guy little under the garbage thing. disposal, <laughs> eating the stuff, or the whatever, all their little inventions. So anyway, Tesla's father wanted him to follow in his footsteps and become an Orthodox priest. Oh. But Tesla wasn't really into that, and he really wanted to study, like, sciences. Yeah. So... Unfold. Which I can see at the at the time, science and religion were not really cohesive. Yeah. Unfortunately, in 1873, unfortunately for Tesla, he contracted cholera and he was bedridden for nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky not dead. But luckily for Tesla, his father agreed to send him to engineering school if he recovered. Okay. So if you don't poop yourself to death, son, I will... Send you to school. Uh huh. So I don't think Dad expected him to live. I don't have this in my notes, but Tesla ended up like moving to. I want to say, I'm probably getting this wrong, but somewhere else in Serbia or Austria, I can't remember, and to recover from his cholera. And he uh-huh. like basically spent a year just reading books and walking around. And he said that it was all he had the energy for. Yeah, he said that it was good for him mentally and like physically to be like learning with his mind and then like using his body and he ended up recovering and then he went and studied engineering i cannot imagine the precarity of life when you can drink a glass of water and then die from diarrhea yeah commonly be bedridden for nine months right yeah or die or die be bedridden for nine months or die it happened all the damn time Mm. I could not be bedridden for nine months. My family would be decimated if I were bedridden for yes. nine months. Yes, yes. Well, you're not a 20-something-year-old guy, but... I'm not. That's true. Still, crazy. It happened to mothers, too, though. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Tesla developed an idea for an induction motor and alternating current. Like, he was very... Okay, I've heard the term induction. What does it mean? I don't understand it. I don't really understand what it means either, but it's something where, like, it reduces the friction that was involved in the regular motors. Okay. And so the alternating current could be possible because of that. It's It gets, like, very sciencey, and I'm not very okay. sciencey. I'm a plumber's wife, not an electrician's wife. Yeah. But anyway, he had all these ideas. He hadn't put them into practice yet, but he pitched them to people around Europe, and nobody was interested. Of course not. So at... One point during this whole trial of like trying to pitch his ideas, Tesla suffered a severe mental breakdown. Like severe in the like he almost died from it. Oh wow. Yeah. 
And during his recovery, the solution to alternating current, which is what he was like passionately trying to work on, mm-hmm. came to him in a vision. So he's out for a walk and he gets this vision of like how to conquer his like problem that he's been having with putting AC into like existence. And he stopped and he drew a solution in the sand with a stick. Wow. So Tesla, one thing about and him, and you can't pull out your cell phone and snap a picture of that. No, but one thing about him is people always say that he had a photographic memory, but he didn't. He had an eidactic memory, which is like you picture what you see versus huh? like it's not like you remember everything. Like a photographic memory, okay. I guess it's like slightly different. Like instead of picturing everything that you like read or see or whatever, he has to actually physically see it. So he drew this drawing, and he was able to remember it by drawing that. Okay. So I always tell... Interesting. Okay. It's a slight difference. Yeah. But once he drew it, it cemented itself in his... If his hand actually physically wrote or drew it, and then he saw it with his eyes... He could remember He was able to remember But just thinking it, he wasn't able to... He wasn't able to remember it. And so it was something about the physical act of doing mm-hmm. and seeing. If he read it, could he remember it? That I don't know. It doesn't sound like it from what I've read. And so it's the combination of the tactile and visual. Yeah, he has to have like the visual plus like, I don't know if it's tactile, but it, words aren't doing it for him. But if he writes the words, it does. Well, he wrote, a, he actually wrote Drew a, diagram. a diagram. Yeah. Okay. So in 1884, because Europe wasn't working out for him, Tesla went to New York. And when he got there, he sought out Edison and he said, I'd like to work with you. Yeah. So he had a letter. He had actually worked for one of Edison's companies in Europe previously. And he had a letter from the foreman there that said, like, basically, this guy knows his business. Yeah. Because Thomas is a thing by this point. Yes. Thomas is a huge thing. So he went to Edison with this letter and said, I'd like to work for you. And he said, like, I'm an inventor and I can fix things. And Edison was like... That's a little humble. Yeah. (laughs) Edison's (laughs) like, okay, all right, I'll I'll try you out. But they only worked together for a short time because they didn't really mesh. No, I've always heard they didn't get along at all. Yeah. Tesla was able to help Edison improve some of his inventions, though, but... Pretty soon they stopped being able to work together because they had a lot of disagreements, mostly about their views on electrical currents. Well, there's a big difference between AC and DC. Yeah. Edison was DC. He was like, direct current is the safest. It's the most reliable, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Whereas Edison, or excuse me, Tesla was more of just like a dreamer. He's just like, no, AC is the way to go. We can power the world. Like, Even though it wasn't technically feasible at that time. Yeah. He knew that that was the future. Yes. But can you imagine if we were all powered by DC? It would be... A lot. It would be a lot. And it wouldn't it be... Okay, I don't... I honestly don't know that much about electricity. But if something in my house were to go wrong, wouldn't that mean then that the next house down would be affected? If they're on your grid. Because your grid would only be places within a one half mile of you 
Yeah, so like the old party line. Yeah. We've got to be connected because we're in this half mile. So you yes. would have a half mile stretch of, so, well, who's got the problem? And you'd have to go all the way down. Mm-hmm. Every mile there would have to be a power plant. And that's insane. So that's... So there would literally be people in the country... Today that wouldn't have power. That wouldn't have power. Yeah. I wonder if we would have power. My entire town consists of 3,000 people. I bet we wouldn't. Well, I wonder if this would even be a town. It wouldn't be a town. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Tesla left Edison's workshop. Yeah. So, to make ends meet, he started working manual labor jobs. Oh, that's But at the same time, he's still working on his ideas. Yeah. So... He finally had the chance to pitch his ideas to investors, and they liked his ideas. But these investors are probably not going to go against Edison, because Edison's mm, a powerhouse. They might be able to. Oh, good. But anyway, so with the funding from his investors, he was able to fund the Tesla Electrical Company. Some of his backers included J.P. Morgan and George Westinghouse. 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 One okay, his, so yeah. there are actual people, like big time people, that believe in it. Yes, I can see Morgan. Morgan's an investor, but Westinghouse is nearly synonymous with electrical appliances. Well, Westinghouse wanted to corner the market on the electrical industry. He wanted yeah. to be like one and of the titans Tesla, of industry, not Edison. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. So also during this time, Tesla had some other successful inventions. He. As I mentioned, he had the induction motor, which was capable of controlling alternating current. He had the Tesla coil and some wireless technology and a few others. So He had wireless technology. Yes. What did that consist of? Did you find anything? It's akin to what is now considered like radio transmission. Okay. But I'll go into a little bit of that later. Okay. That is fascinating to me. Unfortunately for Tesla, unlike Edison, he was not a great businessman. No, because wasn't he um, odd? Very odd, yes. I didn't even actually put a lot of that in there. Edison is like this charismatic dude. People want to invest in him. People believe in him. And Edison's a little... Tesla, yeah. Or Tesla, yeah. Tesla's a little different. He's different. I can, I mean, I can talk about some of that, but... It's so sad that it boils down to your personality, Yeah, so much does. So they talk about the difference between Edison and Tesla, whereas Edison invented for innovation, fame, and fortune. Tesla was more interested in the betterment of people's lives. Mm -hmm. So because of this, when he died, he was nearly penniless and almost forgotten for like centuries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he had these these magnificent papers that were lost for a long time. Uh Uh-huh. I want to crunch this ice, but it will not sound good on the mic, so I will not. (laughs) So now let's talk about the current wars. Okay. Not current as in now, but current as in ACDC. ACDC. Yeah. Um, as, as I mentioned, Edison and Tesla were Stairway both to brilliant. Heaven? No. No? That's, no. that's not ACDC. That's not Edit ACDC. Edit that out because that's not ACDC. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> You're so not. I'm going to get that's Liz lampooned <laughs> by, my, by my 80s compatriots. So because of their completely different ideas on electricity, they had this feud that ensued. Yes. So Edison believed that direct current was the only way to go. Uh Uh-huh. But as I 
already alluded to, DC had some severe limitations. It couldn't go very far. Right. And there would have to be an electric generating station every mile. And that Which made would be it completely impractical. Uh, impractical. That made it very limited. It would have been impossible to bring electricity to like anywhere besides large cities. Large cities, yeah. Yeah. So we would all still be living in the dark ages right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, not the dark ages, but... Or we'd be living in a big city. Yeah. So Edison believed... Oh, the cities would be huge. Yeah, huge. It'd be like these clumps of giant cities. Yeah. Edison believed that... Which is against what Thomas Jefferson wanted. I know. Oh, interesting. So Edison believed that alternating current, which was the system that Tesla was pitching, would be too dangerous and uncontrollable. Okay, but isn't direct current more dangerous than alternating current? It depends. I always thought that it was more more um, fire-prone and accident-prone than AC. It kind of depends. Like... I mean, Edison did a lot to basically smear the name of AC, but Tesla, though, he knew that DC wouldn't be efficient enough. Uh-huh. And so, you know, instead of working together, this is when they had this rift and Edison sent Tesla away. Okay. So I don't know. This is totally an aside, and I should probably wait to tell it, but I'm going to tell it now because I am. Um I guess it was around Christmas time when I happened to be listening to a podcast or something on this. And so when I'm putting the Christmas lights on the tree, I showed the girls the difference between the two styles of Christmas lights. Uh huh. Because, you know, the direct current Christmas lights where one bulb burns out and the entire string burns out. And you have to figure out which bulb is burned well, out. That's actually a different thing. Oh. Because direct. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you plug into a wall at your house uh -huh. is AC. But the, the Christmas lights, there are some Christmas lights that if a bulb burns out five bulbs in, the entire string goes yes, out. Yes, but that's a different thing. Okay. All right, then edit all this out. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter then. But I was looking at the differences in the wires and the wiring and how the different, the ones that where one bulb can burn out and you can replace that, how they are wired and there's different... There's wires going in and out, and then another wire as well. Yeah, I don't actually know much about that, other than it's... I just figured it out by dissecting, yeah. literally dissecting the Christmas lights. But if it has nothing to do with this, just edit all of this away, please. <laughs> so I don't sound stupid. <laughs> Make me not sound stupid. Please. So with alternating current, electrons would move back and forth like an ocean tide, which gave it the power to be sent along longer distances. So it wouldn't okay. have to be, instead of being like this flow that could stop uh -huh. easily, it was a tide that like had some inertia and couldn't be stopped easily. But doesn't tide go in and out? Yes. So this would be, it would go in to here and then out to here and then in a little further and then out to yes, a little less because and like into a little it kind of had like inertia with it whereas like a direct current just, it just goes just goes but it could e be easily stopped and i would think though not only could it be easily stopped but if you're the fifth house down the line your lights are not going to be as bright as mine which are the first house yeah. next to the power plant yeah i think that's right so Tesla was able Electricity's to... Electricity's hard. Electricity's really hard. Especially after this cocktail. 
I once had a friend. Oh my goodness. So I worked in this call center and this guy called in and he was a pilot. And this woman in the call center was apologizing for making a mistake. And he says, well, when I make mistakes at work, people die. So I'm hanging out with husband and all of his construction friends. And I tell this story. And we had an electrician friend who said, that's kind of true for my industry too. If I make a mistake, people die. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness, you're so freaking cool. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it just struck me as comical. But yes, that would make sense. So Edison-Tesla rivalry. Yeah. So Tesla begins finding investors who believed in AC. And he got more and more attention and fame. And Edison didn't like that. No, because so, he's kind of a jerk from everything I've read. And a pretty ruthless businessman. So he set out to defame and discredit Tesla, and he, like, conducted this whole smear campaign. Yeah. So, so some of the dangers and the things that we have, quote-unquote, heard may have been Edison's Propaganda, mirrors. yeah. Yeah. So Edison used high-voltage electricity to demonstrate on dogs and elephants and other animals how, i was just gonna say when did he electrocute the elephant yeah how dangerous ac was although i have heard that he himself did not participate in the electrocution of the elephant that his his ideas were used to do it but he had no dealings with it whatsoever i don't know maybe that's true but he initiated all of it. <sighs> it's just gross so he also did this thing where and I don't have it in my notes, but I just have electric chair here. But the New York State Prison Board was trying to develop a more humane way to, um, what do you call it? Execute? To execute prisoners. prisoners. And they thought electricity would be a good way to do that. I kind of think a bullet is better. I, After listening to what I've listened to on last podcast yeah. on the left, I agree. Yeah. But anyway. Electricity so seems cruel. Edison basically urged them to look at alternating current because he wanted people to well, see alternating current as dangerous. Wasn't that the whole elephant demonstration? Yes. Wasn't that the point of it? Yes. But with a real human, what happened is this person no. this person did not die. They didn't. They did it. I've not heard this. And this person, they were like, oh, he's instantly dead. And then they go up to the person and are like, why is he bleeding? Oh, oh my goodness. Why is he breathing? Like probably out of his ears and his eyes. Yes. Oh, I did not know they did human experiments. Yes. So that didn't look good. But meanwhile, George but Weston. Was that done with AC or DC? AC. So they did it to try and discredit Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. So Edison purposely botched it? I don't think he... No, he didn't have a hand in actually performing it. He just so urged he them just, to just, use AC. He said... AC's deadly, use AC. Really? Yeah. How, what was on... But, okay. He wants to make... He wants to discredit Tesla. He wants Tesla to seem like a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. So... I'm completely 100% speculating way out on a wire, way out on a limb. Do you think he really thought it would kill the guy? Or do you think he thought it would do what he did? No, I think he thought it would kill the guy. Because he wanted... That's what they wanted, though. I know. And he wanted AC to be associated with people being executed. But I think 
being associated with people being executed is better than being associated with people bleeding from their orifices and still alive after being tortured. But it ended up looking bad on Edison. So Okay. Yeah. If it did, that's good. Yeah. So George I mean, not good, but not good, but George Westinghouse gets he- more heavily into the game. So now he's looking for his monopoly. He wants uh-huh. to supply the nation with long distance power. And so he realizes that Tesla is like pretty much the only way that that's going to happen. Yeah, because you can't have a power plant every 150 feet no. or whatever. So he purchased the patents for AC for $60,000 in cash and also gave Tesla some stock in Westinghouse. Stock in Westinghouse was probably a good thing, but six even though even the amount of money that sixty thousand dollars cash would have been in those days still seems minuscule to what electricity and Westinghouse became. Yeah. Unfortunately Tesla was not a good business person, as we know. And he said no? No, he said yeah. So yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, I want everybody to have electricity. <sighs> That's what he cared about. That's what he wanted. He wanted everybody to be able to turn on their lights. Mm-hmm. And that was his passion. And he was, this is also during the time oh when he was improving goodness. some of his inventions. So the Tesla coil, as I previously mentioned, it actually laid the foundation for wireless technology that's still used in radio technology today. Okay. And Westinghouse Corporation was selected to supply the lighting for the 1893 World's Columbian Expo in Chicago. Right. So it was between Westinghouse and Edison. And Edison lost, so... Didn't sit well, I imagine. Yeah, so Tesla was there, and he was able to conduct his AC demonstrations, like his really wild, like almost With the like... arcs and stuff, the yeah, big old yeah, like coils and giant sparks coil, going yeah, Making it, like, just crazy. So, yeah, Edison lost that. And then two years later, Tesla designed one of the first... AC hydroelectric power plants in Niagara Falls. And that was through Westinghouse also. So Niagara Falls had the first electricity in the country. Yes. Was that well, because first, like, of the falls? The first widespread electricity in the company. Or was the that country. because of the water? Yes. And then it was used as the power yeah. source? So they were able, with the electricity from Niagara Falls, they were able to power the whole entire city of Buffalo, which was like... That's wa- so cool! Yeah, it was like a world wonder. Yeah. Which makes you realize why Buffalo actually was such a big deal. Like, remember reading those, like, Century Series books that we read? The, um, the Ken Follett? Yes. And how Buffalo was such a big deal. Uh-huh. I lived there in the 90s. It didn't seem like a big deal. But <laughs> now I get why in the 1890s it was a big deal. That's, it's interesting that they chose that, though, because of the climate there. Because there's so much weather. Mm-hmm. I would think you would want to start in a place where there was less wet weather i think just because they were in new york city and niagara falls was so well known well and it's a perfect it's it's a perfect power source yes you know because if you think about the power sources that we have around here with the you know water being a power source they're all Mm man-made they're not natural like that yeah is so because of this and like they're powering an entire city of buffalo yeah AC became the leading power system in the 20th century, and it's been that way ever since for, like, home and business yeah. and commercial So power. I wonder, though, back then, how many people refabricated and refitted their homes for electricity 
based on this experiment, based on this, hey, let's see where this goes. How many people were on board to um, yeah. retrofit? Probably because after, they had to be retrofitted. Probably after the Buffalo thing, it probably grew pretty quickly. Yeah, but I mean, in Buffalo, when they were starting, they had to get people mm-hmm. on board yeah. to be able to show it. They had to get people but on board to do it. they must have had to offer it for like free. For free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If somebody wanted to come in here and retrofit me for complete and total solar power or whatever i'd probably be sure yeah go ahead do, do it so turn of the century around 1900 i lived in a house in the turn that of the had, century no not in the it was built in the turn of the century ish it had the push buttons oh yes i the remember that black button and yeah. the white button for on and off yeah it was really cool so back to the turn of the century Um, Tesla began working on a project to build a global wireless communication system that would be able to transmit free electricity throughout the world. Globally wireless electricity. Yeah, and communication. Okay, so he got got the communication. Yes. So he got funding from J.P. Morgan and some other investors. However, the investors started having some doubts in Tesla because... Another rival of Tesla, Guglielmo Marconi, started making advances with radio technology. He's the radio dude. Radio dude. Okay. And Marconi was back. For some reason in my brain, I had Falcone. Falcone. (laughs) I don't know why. Marconi. (laughs) So Marconi was backed by Edison and Andrew Carnegie. So this is all like... Morgan Carnegie, the whole robber yeah. baron rivalry yes. shit. As much innovative as this is, it's also political. It's money. It's money. Yeah. It's all money. So using 13 of Tesla's patents, Marconi was credited with inventing the radio. Wow. But he used Tesla's brain to do it. Yes. In, in a lot of... Yes. He did. Not entirely, but yes. I mean, he had his own ideas. But it's like you and I riff off of each other, and we have different ideas. And when you're sitting here listening to our podcast, you can hear different, like, I'll mention something or you'll mention something, and then we'll riff on that. Mm-hmm. But so those ideas are coming from the both of us. But we're not isolated working on our own thing, and I'm stealing your crap. Exactly. Exactly. Which kind of what Edison did, right? Kind of. But so Tesla ended up filing for bankruptcy. Oh, poor Even guy. though, like, I mean, in today's world, he was like a multimillionaire. He, uh, he had even, earned. Yes, but even as he filed for bankruptcy or he's, because he can't do what he wants to do. Did he file for bankruptcy because his company could no longer continue or because he couldn't eat? He couldn't eat. Damn! So Tesla's, Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, Tulsa. I have an earache. So Tesla then suffered, suffered a nervous breakdown, and he, like, sort of recovered from it, but he was only able to temporarily return to work, and he, at that point, he was only working as a consultant. Yeah, and, it, and at that point in history, that's going to harm your reputation. Yeah, and at that point, his ideas were becoming more and more strange and impractical. So he just started getting more and more like into his eccentric like. Self. Isn't there speculation that he had some issues, like actual medical? Oh, he for sure had some issues. Like he. Without even knowing more than what I know, he was severely OCD. 
Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, so it, he ended up like spending most of his time sitting in parks in New York City caring for the pigeons. Oh. And there was one pigeon in particular that was a female that he particularly liked. And when she died, he felt like it was like the love of his life dying. Oh, that breaks my heart. It's so sad. Yeah. It's a freaking pigeon. I mean, pigeons are awesome, but... But it's It's not your pet dog. It's not your pet cat. It's a pigeon in the park. So, back to Thomas Edison. Poor Tesla. Yeah, I know. Thomas Edison. Because he was so cute. Kind of. He was cute. He was kind of weird. I'm looking at the ACDC picture. He was cute. (laughs) Well, Thomas Edison. I mean, non-cute people deserve love, too. Yes. I guess. Like Thomas Edison. Like Thomas Edison. But he was not cute in that picture. He was not. And he died (laughs) of complications due to diabetes on October 18th, 1931. He was 84 years old. And the day after his death, Tesla was quoted, quote unquote, if he had a needle to find in a haystack, he would not stop to reason where it was most likely to be, but would proceed at once with the feverish, feverish determination of a bee to examine straw after straw until he found the object of his search. I was almost a sorry witness of such th- such doings, knowing that a little theory and calculation would have saved him 90% of his labor. So you can tell what he thought of him. So he thought that he was more of a... Like a process guy. Yeah, let's try everything, throw it against the wall, see what sticks. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't see that. Yeah. Where Tesla was more like in his head. Yeah. So Tesla died on January 7th, 1943. He was 86. Oh, wow. He died of coronary thrombosis. So he lived all the way into the 40s. So he saw some of his theories come into fruition uh-huh. and become... The thing. Things. Yeah. And what was, what did he think of that? Did it say? Did you find anything? I think he was just so out of his mind by then. But so he died in room 3327 at the New Yorker Hotel because he had a thing for threes. He could, everything he did had to be divisible by three. I have that with fives. So he was on the 33rd floor, room 3327. I don't think I'm taking that far. I just, when I turn up the volume on the TV, it needs to be either on a multiple a of five. A 10 or a 15 a or a 20. A 10 or a 15 or a 20. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be on a multiple of five. And husband has the same thing only with even numbers, so we have a battle of the remotes a lot. 20, 20 works. It's too low. It's got to be a 25. <laughs> 25 is the correct volume. 20 is too low and 30 is too loud. <laughs> no, this is an actual debate in our house. I know. <laughs> this is not the first time I've heard it. So a few months after Tesla died, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld Tesla's radio patent against Marconi. So it wasn't <gasps> it wasn't just Marconi being told you didn't invent the radio, but someone else had brought suit saying that they had Marconi had used his patents, yeah. and the Supreme Court upheld it and said yes, like these patents Use were Tesla's. And yes, Tesla's. Yes. Wow. Yeah. But yet, uh, you always hear Marconi's name with the radio. Mm-hmm. Always. And Tesla, I love this quote. I've never I, heard Tesla's name with the radio. I have just because I studied him a little bit. But yeah. Anyway, the, I love this quote. And I don't know when it was said or like in what context, but it was from Tesla. He said, I don't care that they stole my idea. I care that they don't have any of their own. Oh. Yeah. So it's sad and it's 
I mean, it is sad. Like, does he know how much we use like use his ideas today? Every I have touched thirty things. It's what um, your cell phone. It's one fifty four in the afternoon. Our podcast, and I have touched probably a hundred and fifty things that he has um, influenced yeah. in some way or another. Yes, that's crazy. I know. Although I, I did listen to a podcast about Edison too, and he had kind of an interesting life as far as like his loves and marriages, and he had some tragedy personally. I didn't look too much into him because, like I said, I, I'm Team Tesla, but. Well, yeah, but you still, I don't know. The, the I tried last to, thing was interesting. I tried to learn more about Edison to be fair, but yeah. I didn't go into as much as I could have. Yeah. Well, you didn't really get into their personal lives at all anyway. No, because I'm not an expert. I'm just a drunk. Yeah. I'm a drunk. Mm-hmm. Hey, so if you like us, you can always... Let us know. Uh, rate, review, any podcast catcher or whatever you call them that you listen to us on. Leave us a rating and a review. It would really help. Yeah, and if you have any comments or suggestions, email oh. us at crimeandtimeotr at gmail.com. Cocktail suggestions. Send us cocktail suggestions. That would be fun. Yeah, we've been, get, we've been getting a lot, and we love them, but keep them coming. Yeah. Another way to get a hold of us at for Twitter is at Time and Crime. Yeah, Instagram, we're also at Crime and Time. And check out our Facebook page. We always post little hints of the cocktail that's coming up and just fun little things and that is crime and time on the rocks or at crime and time otr yeah we'd love to hear from you let us know cheers